listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. This show exists to help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. This episode is a pizza mystic episode. And a pizza mystic episode is basically when Andy J. Pizza, that's me, (laughs) feels uh, like we've been doing too many episodes in a row. I love the, the episodes we've done recently. Feedback's been fantastic, performing like better than most episodes we've ever done. I feel great about it, but sometimes when we do these episodes where I spend a lot of time planning and orchestrating and working and editing all that stuff, that sometimes chaos Andy, chaos Muppet that I am, feels like I need to stir it up and get a little bit weird and get a little bit crazy and just freshen it up and inject some of that chaos and just inject some of that weirdness of the universe and get a little bit less mathematical and get a little bit fluid and strange. And that's when I have to do a pizza mystic episode. And what I mean by that is this episode is full of new stuff and it's also full of reminders, stuff that I think some of you just have a universal tingling in my toes that 
some of you guys need to hear some of this stuff again. Some of you guys need to hear some of this new stuff that's been jazzing me out of my shorts. But essentially, it's a listicle episode that's a, a bunch of stuff that I hope encourages all of you. But I hope that some of you get hit with one or two points on there today that is just like right the sauce. Like that you're just like, oh man, I needed that so bad. And it's just going to fill your crust with cheese. That's the pizza mystic hope. So here it is. Another pizza mystic episode. I'm watching. We just started the new season of the British Bake Off show. I'm a big fan of the show. There's a lot of controversy going on with the newest season because Mary was kicked out of the show because she's, uh, you know, she got she wanted more money and there's just a b- whole big shakedown, a big mix up, and things are different this season. Now, one of the differences that I'm really thrilled about is one of the hosts is Noel Fielding. Now, you might not know this chap, but he's a British dude who, when I was in England, when I, I lived in England for five years, and when I was there, there was this show called The Mighty Boosh, and it kind of was the predecessor, no, predecessor? I don't, I can never remember if predecessor is before something or after something. Pre, sounds pre, prehistoric is before history, so it sounds like it's pre. Predecessor, I, I'm going to go with it. You guys can all tweet at me and make fun of me later like you always do. But about my stupid word choice, predecessor to Flight of the Concords, it was like a two-man group where they had songs and stuff like that, but it was British. It was all the rage uh, when I was in college in England, and it's called The Mighty Boosh. And one of those guys is Noel Fielding, who happens to be the new host, one of the new hosts on the British Baking Show. You know what my favorite thing is right now? You guys have no idea how irrelevant the information is I'm giving you. It is a setup to a setup to a setup, but stick with me if you will pull on this string. I promise at the end of it, you will find a beautiful present wrapped up with that string. (laughs) But here it is. So Noel Fielding, he's one of the new people on the... Basically, let me just say this too. Sometimes on the Pizza Mystic shows, I want to just let the ADHD out of the bag. I go, I work really hard for you guys to keep it in check, to make sense. On most episodes, I'm attempting to make sense and not be tangential Andy. Tangenti, tangandy. Uh, But sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm letting it fly and you're going to deal with it. Sit down and listen. Okay. That was a tangent about how I'm going to go on tangents. So you know it's open and it's happening. Noel Fielding. He's on the break, the baking British show. And he, he look, the first episode, that's the only one I've watched. He seems very nervous. He's kind of out of place. But I'm, I'm hoping that makes for some, you know, sometimes really creative, awesome things happen when you put two things that don't seem like they go together together. We're going to talk about that in a minute, actually. But... but you didn't know I could get this much weirder did you you didn't know I've been holding it back but 
he's feeling a little bit nervous, whatever. But anyway, at some point when he's telling them the time's almost up for their baking competition, he says, unfortunately, time is real and not just a construct of our minds. And your time is about up. And I'm such a... I love any time traveling thing. I love like sci-fi and like quantum physics and, you know, amateur quantum physics that's like bad science but sounds really cool. And so anytime I'm one of these insufferable people that like, uh, and he says, time is not just a construct of our minds. In my mind, I'm thinking, ooh, yeah, baby, that's my kind of content. Like, yeah, let's talk about the 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 unreality of time for a second yeah and i can tell you know my wife is just like oh gosh like don't laugh at that that was not even a joke anyway i'm sitting there thinking this is my kind of content baby i love time travel love the ideas of it i love this idea Uh, you know i can't get enough of reading quantum physicists tell us that time is actually a construct of our minds I know that sounds crazy. I know it doesn't even, it it really doesn't make sense. Like there's a book called Slaughterhouse-Five that explores some of this and they talk about these aliens where these aliens don't experience time on a linear path. They just see past, present, and future all as present. It's just experiencing everything, all history, all at once. And so they are the summation of everything they've ever done before and everything they, everything they ever do since. It's just like one, I imagine it's like um, uh, if you could see that being, it would basically be like on Photoshop if you just took a photo of a person's face and just like stretched it out into where it's like really choppy, like just lines of color uh that's that's what i think of these beings like walking around like that where it's just like the trail of um from them from uh conception and birth and childhood all the way to old them as just like this giant trail of color (laughs) it's ridiculous but that that's what i think about i like thinking about stuff like that and trying to think like uh the physicists say that we experience time as this linear, like past, present, future, uh, with our minds, but that's not really how the universe exists. And then I heard a couple that, listen, it has something to do with creative careers. That's relevant. Just stick with it. I know I'm going off the deep end, but okay. Put that time as a construct of our minds into the context of this idea that I heard that, Our brains evolved not to be good at understanding the truth of reality, but they're evolved for our survival. So the idea is this, that your DNA and the way that humans became humans, They're not interested in what color the sky is. They don't care what color the sky is, really. They only care about what color do you need to think it is in order to survive. So if, let's say the the sky is actually pink, but some mutation makes this next human think that the sky is blue, and for some reason, that makes him more fit for survival, 
we will start all perceiving the sky as blue just because it's good for our survival. And in this same way, if you pair that with the time being a construct of our minds, the way that we experience time is good for human survival. That's why we experience it that way. That's why we perceive it that way. Because when we perceive time as a, as a linear thing, it helps us organize. It helps us get stuff done. It helps us survive. And so that might be the reason we experience time the way that we do. Just to, as another aside, by the way, I already cut off like three asides. I was going to talk about Phoebe from Friends and how she's probably, if they would have continued the series, been a flat earther and all this stuff. I'm not going there. <laughs> that's, that's content that's already been live cut from this episode. Then we're going to transition to Nacho Libre for a minute. I just watched that with my son. It was a big momentous moment when you let them kind of dip their toes in the potty humor and the, and the you know, slightly more grown up uh, humor. Man, it is just like the tastiest candy to a kid his age. But we watched Nacho Libre the other night and my favorite line that I forgot about or the one that surprised me when we were watching it was he's got these fancy clothes on and the... <laughs> <laughs> the the things that we've gone through already on this episode. Anyway, I'm going to stop self-referentiating, self-referencing the episode. Uh, he's wearing these fancy clothes, and the, the nun that's with him comments on it, and he says something like, Beneath the clothes, there is a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus... <laughs> And I think about sometimes the the ego that we've developed is a construct of our minds in the same way that a cell has a nucleus that says this cell is different than that cell. And it keeps all the cells in your body surviving, taking care of itself because it's saying, I am this cell, not realizing that it's really not separate from the other cells. They're all part of the same body. Sometimes... I like to think that we're all part of the same body, the human body, the body of humanity. And our ego is a construct of our minds. Our separateness is a construct of our minds to keep us taking care of our individual cell-like body so that the whole thing can thrive. And we forget that that's a construct of our mind, construct of our mind that we, d we forget. Uh, that our separateness is merely an illusion that we're all in this together. Here's why I'm telling you that all to set up an episode inspired by back to the future. <laughs> so here's, here's what I want to say. If you can get down with this idea of time being a construct of our minds and how it's helpful for us to experience time as linear, but also in, we can find insight in trying to wrap our brains around the fact that time might not be true. Maybe we'll find some encouragement and insight into our ability to make sweet cash drawing pictures or <laughs> making songs. Maybe there's an insight in this cosmic truth that'll help us make some of that green. And that's what this episode is about. <laughs> Not really. It's really about encouraging you to make sweet green. It's not all about green, Andy. 
but anyway, put all that together. Just say that time's a construct of your mind. And we're going to do some time travel on this episode to hopefully get you through some rough patches, get you through this Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. And I was driving home yesterday. We went to go pick up our kids, and they were with the grandparents, and we were on a long drive, and Sophie and I got into that zone where we were coming up with ideas for the future podcast, and everything was clicking, and we actually had some breakthroughs and some personal stuff that we're trying to figure out and all that good stuff, and it just felt, I just got into that euphoric space of like, bam, it's clicking. Like I'm in the right place, the right time and everything. I'm on the path. I don't feel as confused or lost or whatever. And I just get, when I get into that moment where I'm like, oh man, I just stepped right back onto the path and I can feel uh, that assurance. I just get overwhelmed by gratitude. And the gratitude, really a big part of it is, is looking back at Andy from 10 years ago and saying, man, I can't believe you kept going. I see. It was really hard. I remember it sucked. There's a bunch of times and you thought you were so confused and so off the path that you thought you might as well give up because maybe there is no path. Maybe there is no breakthrough. Maybe none of this stuff is ever going to pay off. And daily you're grappling with that early, you know, Andy at 20, when he got beat up by the world a bit kind of had some lucky breaks and then got crushed. Like there were lots of days where I just spent the day grappling with my doubt that any of this was ever going to amount to anything or that it was really going to make a difference or that I really had a chance. And I look back at that Andy and I am just so grateful and I just want to travel. I want to get in my DeLorean, travel back and say, Andy, Thank you, man. Thanks for wrestling. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for letting that little tiny speck of faith and hope overcome those giants of doubt and just slowly but surely continuing to try to put this puzzle together because, man, it is a beautiful scene at this moment. But then my gratitude gets overwhelmed by another feeling. And this is the feeling I want us to lead the way (laughs) today. Greed. (laughs) You know, I'm not about greed, but I'm just joking. But kind of, listen. Then I think, wait a second. If I really have this time-traveling device, this DeLorean in my mind that has the ability to travel through time, why am I going back to past Andy and saying, thanks, man. I should be saying, listen up. The Cubs are going to win the World Series. Like, well, I need to go back and be like, dude, if you believe in yourself even more, you can publish those science fiction novels, get yourself a big old truck, and guess what? Biff won't be your butler. You won't be Biff Butler. Biff will be the president. No, the opposite of that. <laughs> the opposite of that. If you get it together, man, you know, Biff's not going to be the president. He's going to be the butler. Like, if you get it all together, I can go back and give you the secrets of the future. I can tell you what I know now, and it can change your entire... I can be living it up even more. I don't have to be driving this Toyota Sienna uh, minivan. I could be driving some sweet 
other thing. I don't know. I'm not really a car guy. It's fine. The, the minivan's fine. You don't have to change that. But I got a bunch of other things that we can kick some butt on. And guess what? All you nerds that are like, look, what about the butterfly effect? If you go back and change this, then that'll change. Boring. Every time I read an interview and they're like, what, what are your regrets? Or what, what would you tell your younger self? And the answer is, you know, honestly, I wouldn't tell them a thing. Because if I didn't do what I did then, I wouldn't end up here. Boo! You could be driving that sweet truck. And just for today, let me tell you, no one's going to get hurt. There's no real time traveling happening here. We're just going to go back 10 years. I'm going to give you a little bit of feedback that says, uh, here's some things you can do differently. These are some ways you can believe in yourself and bet on yourself even more than you are. These are are ways that you can make that little speck of hope into a mountain that crushes those giant doubts that you have because, man, if you put in the time and energy, stuff is going to get cool. So here's my advice. I've got a handful of points that I want to tell past Andy and you today. I hope you're receptive to them. Let's hit 21, 21.1 gigawatts, whatever it is. Let's go. All right. In case that jumbled mess of crazy wasn't clear, here's what I want you to do. Just open up, see which of these points feel like future you coming back 10 years from the future and giving you some things you need to hear. I'm guessing you're going to have an intuitive sense of like, hmm, that one hits me right in the kisser. <laughs> and, I, and I needed to hear that. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Number one, parallel lines mark the spot. Okay? Parallel lines mark the spot. Parallel lines, they're, they're lines that don't connect. Instead, like I honestly think that Every time I hit a, a point where I feel like I've got two contradicting directions that I could choose, where it's either this road or that road, I have trained my brain to say, parallel lines mark the spot. And this is what I mean by that. Here's what I, I talk to so many creative people that tell me, I don't know if I should be a doctor or if I should play the violin. And I'm like, you should be a medical violinist. And it's not ever that extreme, but almost every creative person I talk to that is struggling, that's in that confusion, that's still back in the past of that way off the path and just giant doubts, they're almost always grappling between these two parts of them. And it's almost like you're wrestling with the fact that you are two people combined into one, not to get, you know, educational about the love making process, but you are, you are a bag of contradictions. And that's what every good creative thing is. Star Wars is Space plus samurai movie plus hero's journey. It's a bag of stuff that on paper sounds a little bit crazy and it's your job as a creative person. Your work isn't always or necessarily to come up with some thing that never existed. It's to get those weird things down on the paper and make it work. It is how do you bridge the gap between a space odyssey and a samurai movie? They don't obviously connect. Yeah. That's your job. 
Your job is to do the non-obvious and make it obvious. After the fact, all of these bridges that you build between two contradictory things make all the sense in the world. And I, there was a period of time when in my style, this was a big thing. Like I had these style influences. One side of the influence board were, were things that were like fantasy kids art, like Fraggle Rock and Moomin and Miyazaki and Charlie Brown. And there was just this big thread of that vibe in my work. And then on the other side, there was this vibe of like Alexander Gerard, the, or mid-century modern, Mary Blair, like beautiful stuff. And I just could not see, you know, should I be a mid-century-ish designer? Should I follow that? Should it be clean lines and geometric and, you know, uh, decorative and all that kind of jazz? Or should it be eerie, weird, melancholy, uh, euphoria, you know, uh, mystery vibe? And it wasn't until I was like, you know what? I'm going to. I know it's going to be terrible, but I'm going to put... I'm going to draw fraggles like Alexander Gerard would. And I want you to stop and think, what are the things? What are the, the only interesting things in your influences are the things that seem to contradict. Every part that goes together has already had the creativity zapped out of it. And so I want you to put rap and rock down on the table I know, first time you do it, it's going to be Linkin Park. But if you trust me, eventually it's going to be the weekend. It's going to be, you know, Beach House and Cocteau Twins mixed with Michael Jackson. It's going to be the most mind-melting thing you've ever heard. Yes, first time down, it's going to be Linkin Park. But eventually it's going to be the weekend if you keep working it out. That's the job of the creative. is to make these contra- these contradicting connections, seemingly contradictory, into these obvious connections. That's your real job. And when I was doing this podcast, honestly, my first couple talks in my hometown, they were, they were not creative related. They were my personal journey, my personal story, my emotional, spiritual side. And that's where I felt all this power, but I'm like, man, but I'm an illustrator and I want to do creative work. How am I going to mix these? Like they don't go together. You don't see people at design conferences going up in front of people and just bawling their eyes about how their mom left them and all this stuff. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't make any sense. I look like a freaking weirdo. Guess what? In 2018, I did it in like 10 stages all over the country. I was a freaking weirdo on the stage and it's some of the best creative uh, experiences that I've ever experienced. It was about, let's do this thing that doesn't seem like it can work. This whole podcast was predicated on the parallel lines of feeling like I want to share my heart, but I want to do it through talking about creative careers. Doesn't seem like it goes together, but man, I'm glad that I embraced that idea of parallel lines mark the spot. Number two, don't let the change cloud steal your joy. And here's what I mean by that. So when I was first starting out, I had this fear. What if nothing ever changes? What if I'm stuck in this place forever? 
where nothing's working and I don't know what I'm going to do and what if all this stuff that I'm hustling on and all these strategies and ideas and, and, uh, and, and work that I'm doing and ways I'm trying to develop my style and all that, what if that never changes anything and nothing ever change, changes? And I look back 10 years uh, from that point and I look at Andy and I'm like, dude, you are missing some of the most exciting years of your life because you, because of that change cloud that's hovering above you, you're allowing it to block out that sweet sunshine joy of all of the stuff that you'll never get back. It'll never be as exciting as it in as it is there. Yeah, it's risky and it's unsure and whatever, but that like that moment, you'll never feel that ever again. And you felt it a little bit back then. You enjoyed it here and there, the little breakthroughs, the things you never thought were going to happen, you know, but ultimately you let that change cloud that cloud over everything that you do saying, what if it doesn't work? What if nothing ever changes? You allowed that to block out that sunshine. And then I think about Andy now and I try to relate that back to the change cloud over my head. And the change cloud over my head says the exact opposite. You like what's going on right now in your life and in your creative career. What if everything changes? What if everything changes? What if everything that's working for you right now doesn't work tomorrow and you let that cloud block out the sweet sunshine of just enjoying it as it is right now, enjoying it before it doesn't change. And here's what I want to say to Andy 10 years ago and Andy right now. Here's one thing I've learned through my time traveling escapades. I've learned a thing or two about time and you know what I found out? Time is a wind and it is a wind of change and the and the winds of change are coming for you. If you're in a place where you're like, oh man, what if things never change? I've got good news for you. They will. Things are going to change. I don't know exactly how they're going to change for you, but I can guarantee your life will not always be the way that it is. And you should take some comfort in that and just enjoy putting in the time, putting in the effort to make stuff happen. And then for you, Andy, today, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to go stand over here and I'm going to look in the mirror when I say this. Andy, listen, you hear those dogs? They're annoying. They're your neighbor's dogs. They never shut up, even when you're trying to record a podcast. But we're going to still keep going and we're going to look at you. We're going to savor this moment. I'm going to tell you something. I know you're worried that you like what's going on right now in your creative career and you're worried that it's going to change, but I've got news for you. It definitely is. <laughs> it definitely is. And whether you're worried that things are never going to change or you're worried that things are going to change, whatever it is, take comfort in knowing that A, things are definitely going to change. Things are going to change. But there's one thing that can remain constant. And it's what you do with the change. And I got news for you, buddy. You're a miller. Do you know what that means? Even if you're not a miller. By the way, I know you know me as Andy J. Pizza. My, it's not my real last name. I'm not even sure pizza is a last name. Uh, but my real last name is Miller. And you know what? You're a miller. You can be a miller too. Uh, <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. Do you know what a miller is? It comes from milling. 
Windmill. The windmill. You're a windmiller. I wish my name was Andy J. Windmiller. That sounds really way cooler. But here's the thing. You're going to use those winds of change, no matter if they change things for good or bad or however they come. You, throughout the journey, have learned to be someone who can take that wind and become a windmill and use it to make that bread. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you take that wind of change. Here's the thing I've learned through the over, over the past 10 years. I've learned to be a windmiller. I've learned to take advantage of the way things change. I've learned that things will always change. And that when I'm sat there worried, what if things never change? I think I'll make them change. And then when I sat there worried saying, what if things change? I say, I'll change. I'll adapt. I know how to take that wind and turn it into bread. And I'm going to take confidence, not in things staying the same and not in things uh, changing, but in what I can do about it. I got some quick ones. Some of these are just reminders to you. Some of these going to be the first time you ever heard it. Some of you guys really probably need to hear this. I know I wish I had heard this when I was 22, 10 years ago. Number three, adopt stoic judgment. Stoic judgment just means this idea. This, there was this idea with the stoic philosophers that they believed that you should reserve judgment when stuff happens. I've talked about it on the podcast, but some of you guys might need to hear this right now. This is what they said. They said that sometimes losing your job is the best thing that ever happened to you. Sometimes winning the lottery is going to be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Andy, when you lose that client that you think is going to change everything might be the best thing that ever happened to you. Andy, when you get that client that you thought was going to change everything and, and you're over the moon about it, remember that client might be the biggest pain in the butt you ever had. Might be the thing that sets you back two years. Like just don't be so quick to judgment. And when Sophie, your wife gets stuck in Stockholm and you about have a panic attack because she doesn't have her green card, that's going to allow her to spend a week with her family in England while you go back and take care of the kids. And it's going to be one of the most important moments in your family's history. And so when things hit the fan, and especially when things seem to hit the fan, that's the thing about when things happen so often, it seems like the history's written, but it's not. Like we think when we get some news, we just play out the history like, oh, it's already written in stone, but you don't know how many times when I thought something amazing happened that turned out to be not so great, and how many times I thought, oh man, things are real bad now. It turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Just sit in it for a minute. Don't, don't allow yourself to write history before it happens. And that's coming from the future you time traveler who's rewriting history as we speak. Have some stoic judgment. Don't ride the roller coaster. Number four, the fight is worth it. This is a little bit controversial. It's a little bit the opposite of a lot of the advice you hear. 
uh, you know, I think a lot of advice that's given is meant to comfort you where you are right now because that feels so good. It's like honey on your lips. You're like, ooh, yeah, give it to me. Tell me that I don't need to change. Tell me that everything's amazing and I'm fine just as I am. That tastes so good. And it's and a lot of people are going to go out there selling that sweet sauce because it flies off the shelves. People love to feel great about where they are right now. And guess what? I love you, Andy. Here I am looking at my bedroom mirror again. Andy, you are a beautiful human, but guess what? I'm you 10 years in the future, and I want to tell you something. The fight is worth it. Yes, accept yourself as you are. Love yourself as you are, but don't stay where you are. The fight is worth it. Check it out. You get all these people. You know, Jim Carrey says, I wish everybody could have all their dreams fulfilled and all the money in the world and realize that it's not the answer. So they could realize that it's not the answer. You're going to get, you know, I feel like we have all these movies, Hollywood movies like Family Man with Nicolas Cage where he gets all of his wildest dreams and then he has an alternate reality where he experiences all of his wildest dreams taken away and he chooses that reality because he's happier. I'm calling its bluff just a little bit. Look, that movie was made by people making zillions of dollars in Hollywood fighting for their dreams. And I just feel like it's so much easier to sell a story that says, you know, all your wildest dreams, you don't need those. All you need is everything you've got right now. And look, I'm not against contentment, but I am, uh, I am for the fight. And I feel like with, I'm, and again, I'm all for self-care, but I'm not about binary duality of it's either all self-care except where you are right now or it's all fight. Always ne- never be happy with what you want, with what you have and always be fighting tooth and nail for your dreams. I think it's a pendulum. It's a spectrum of things and we got to be able to hold both in the same uh, bucket sometimes. And I feel like as a culture right now, we're forgetting our fight. We're getting so... Uh, happy with who we are right now, which I'm for, by the way, which I already mentioned, but we get, but I want Andy 10 years ago, I want to tell you getting into the diet and losing the weight is going to be the best thing you ever did. I want to tell you that dropping the smokes and fighting that fight, even though it's going to take you years, it's going to be one of the best decisions you ever made. I want to tell you that that daily project, what you need to hear isn't you know what, why are you fussing, fighting, struggling with that daily project that barely fits into your life as you're struggling as a new dad and have a mortgage and a part-time job and all that jazz? I know it's just a big hassle. You're just fine where you are. Just give up on that project. No, I'll tell you what he needed to hear. Fight it. Where's the fight? That fight is a human thing. It's a beautiful thing. Make some room for it. It's going to be worth it. The success and the breakthroughs, they're not going to solve all your problems. They're not going to give you full joy and happiness. You can't look for everything from that. But you are going to be damn glad that you didn't give up that fight. Number five, don't hide behind subjectivity. Quit sitting around in your, on your high horse of the avant-garde, Andy, at 22, saying, ah, oh, the mainstream doesn't get it. You know, uh, Mike Mills, I think he's an Oscar winner now. He's definitely nominated. 
he made some like avant-garde films back in the like early 2000s or or maybe even before that he was part of this crew that has now been dubbed the beautiful losers i'm a big fan of this guy and he talks about how his first couple you know his in high school the mainstream like the cool crowd really burnt him and it caused him to go and just like play in the safety of avant-garde play in this space of oh you don't get it it's way above your head it's this subjective weird stuff you can't even you know i'm better than you by hiding in this thing i just want to say andy don't hide in the subjectivity it's great to have your own flavor it's great to get weird you know i'm for it but creativity is not all an art it's also a science like pick some targets Say, you know what? I want to make people cry with this thing. I want to make people laugh with this thing. I want to make people think with this thing. I want to do something objective. If they, if we could, if we had a metal detector for stuff going on inside people, I want to more often than not make that thing ring. I want to have my creativity have a objective payoff consistently because that's how you build a business. And I just want to say in the same way that it's not all art that it's not all subjective and that it's also scientific a lot of learning how to be objectively successful with your creativity is a science go study the craft go study the formulas and yeah you're gonna have to break it you're gonna have to reinvent it but it's a great place to start quit hiding in you don't get it number six quit telling people this is by the way just so you know, this is 10 years ago <laughs> that I'm talking to this guy. Andy, quit telling people Bill Cosby's your hero. That is not going to age well. Instead, start watching Degrassi. There's a character. He's in a wheelchair. His name's Jimmy Brooks. Start following this guy. Tell people this guy's your hero. And, they're, and, when, and when people are like, what, why, what in the world? Why are you, why are you a fan of this guy? Just be like, yo, everybody's got to start at the bottom. I got a feeling about this kid. All right. You're going to be, man, people are going to think you're the coolest person in the world. All right. Number seven, listen to Snufkin. Snufkin, if you don't know, okay. Something I maybe don't talk about that much. Moomin, Tova Jansen. She's the creator of Moomin. Uh, these are, she's like one of my all time biggest heroes, uh, creative influences. Moomin is, it's like a Finnish comic that turned into a cartoon and all kinds of other cool stuff. You should definitely go check it out. It's full of interesting philosophy and psychology and weird humor and eerie stuff. And I am just so smitten with it. It's a big influence on my, on my work as you will see. But, uh, Snufkin, I heard my my daughter, by the way, my littlest daughter, she is, she's got my taste. She watches Totoro all the time uh, without me making her. Uh, she She's obsessed with Moomin. She'll just pick it up as like, let's watch Moomin. And, and the other day she's watching it. And I heard this thing that Snufkin said, by the way, Snufkin, best name ever. I desperately want to name a dog Snufkin. My next dog is going to be Snufkin. Uh, but Snufkin is like a traveler philosopher guy and I tweeted this quote that I heard him say on the episode she was watching which is 
he's got like this weird character like obsessing with him and a in like you know idolizing him and he says to that character you can't look up to somebody too much if you really want to be yourself and i think i've tweeted it because i feel like it's a bit of a zinger for creative types you know we all at some point in our journey get a little too obsessed with our heroes and it's just not that healthy it's not that good for our creative careers and essentially i just want to say there's two options when it comes to influence and i have uh from the future i'm telling you which one i favor there's two options one option is have no influences now the benefit of no influences is that in the off chance that you somehow the world's zeitgeist bends towards you and your innovation and weirdness you will have so much glory as a creative person that the whole world will clap their hands for you for a small period of time now i in the future i'm going to do an episode that is all about how glory for creatives is a real distraction and there's all kinds of it's a temptation to shoot for glory and i think that there are a lot better things that you can shoot for but i'm just going to leave it there that's a cliffhanger for the end of this season uh i i think there's a better thing to shoot for other than glory and and i think that the option of going down the road of no influences the payoff is really 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 tiny percent chance that you're going to be bathed in drenched in insane amounts of glory for being the most original innovator that the world's ever seen. Now, 99 out of uh 99,000 out of 100,000 artists, I don't that's bad math. Numbers. Lots of people that choose that path get nowhere. They become irrelevant. It's just kind of happenstance. I don't think it really uh I just don't think it works that way, and I highly suggest instead of having definitely don't have no influences definitely don't have one influence i lean and favor the idea of having thousands and thousands and thousands of influences i think it is both the most surefire way that you will not look up to somebody so much that you can't be yourself and the surefire way that you will get better and your taste will increase and your work will uh be more palatable to other people and you will grow in and you will make stuff that's authentic and powerful to you and meaningful to you and so i would just say don't look up to anybody too much if you want to be yourself but look up to a lot of people a lot and if you can authentically mix a whole bag of interesting influences you will find some originality and some interest and some growth number 8 don't worry be worky <laughs> don't worry don't worry be worky and this is what i mean by that i mean worry doesn't work but work works all that time you spend worrying about whether the work will work could have been used working and if you will just trust that the work works 
that that and and here's what I mean by the work because sometimes we don't define that sometimes it's just the dory just keep swimming thing that doesn't work either like you can't just you know a lot of people that just keep swimming end up on uh, as potential contestants on American Idol who can't sing a freaking note you don't want to be that type of creative the work means iteration it means scientific approach it means trying some things really hard committing for a season checking out whether they work getting feedback getting well-rounded advice and then going back to the drawing board and starting it all over again. If you're doing that, you don't have to worry. You can just be worky. Be worky. Get to work. Be a worky kind of guy. I don't know why I'm trying to make worky work. (laughs) Sounds so dumb. But that's what I want to tell you past Andy. All that time that you were laying face down on the living room floor worrying about what if none of this works could have been sat at the drawing table doing work that would. And you would be sitting in that sweet truck instead of that stupid minivan right now. You'd be publishing those sci-fi novels. Friggin' Biff could be your butler instead of the president. Just talking about Back to the Future, that's all. Number nine is a counterbalance to number eight. Sometimes the most productive thing you can do is stop producing. Andy, you are going to go on some amazing vacations. You're going to go to France, and you're going to spend a lot of money going to France to see your in-laws, to connect with uh, your in-laws, like right in the height of your struggle. And you're going to be so worked up about whether this stuff is going to work that all the time you spent worrying while you could have been working, now you're going to spend time worrying when you could have been living it up in the south of France. Worry, you know, check it, worrying about, you know, there's times in the morning when you're in France where you take your iPad and you go sit by someone's tent and try to steal their Wi-Fi even though it doesn't work and you spend three hours doing that instead of having a beer with your father-in-law. You're, and, and here's the thing I want to communicate to you. When, if you will stop producing, it will be one of the things that makes you the most productive. And one of the things you need to know about making art, Andy, is that you will never make art that is a profound experience for humans if you don't have some profoundly human experiences yourself. You can't give what you don't have. You gotta go turn off. You gotta go experience humanity, relationship, hurt, loss, excitement, fun, mystery, wonder. If you don't, you will not have any of those ingredients to put into that art. And it takes you seven or eight years to get the bug for travel and you realize that on a neurological level that being open to new experiences is going to be the thing that enriches your creativity like nothing else. 
You've got to have profound human experiences like playing Zelda Breath of the Wild or you're going to miss out on a whole series that you're going to do over the summer of 2018. That's the kind of profound human experience. But also going to Stockholm and opening up to all these different things and cultures and going and, and, and Andy going forward. I've actually, my new bucket list is less of a client list, hopeful clients that I want to work for like it has been the past 10 years. And it's just a list of cities that I want to go to. Because I know if I cannot be productive in that way, it's going to make me more productive than anything else I could do. All of those experiences will let the client stuff take care of itself. Number 10, watch Breaking Bad when it starts. Otherwise, in 2018, you're going to be in this no man's land where nobody wants to talk about Breaking Bad anymore. And that's why you're not, you know... You feel like you missed out on a cultural experience, but you don't know if you want to spend time watching it right now because it, nobody's going to talk to you about it anyway. You just need to get started when it starts so that you can be part of your human brotherhood and sisterhood and, and, and whateverhood that you're in. Just watch Breaking Bad. And by the way, guys, I better get some feedback other than, you haven't watched Breaking Bad? I, I almost left this out because I thought, man, I'm never going to hear anything about this stupid episode other than, I can't believe you haven't watched Breaking Bad. And they're like, well, should I watch it now? And they're like, no. It's all about Game of Thrones now, and I didn't start watching that either. Andy from the future, would you just watch some TV? So I got one more to share with you. But, but first, I got to set it up a little bit. This is our last one. <sighs> I look at Andy at 22, and it looks like the history is pretty much writing itself at this point. A Midwestern uh, average drawing skills, below average for an illustrator, has kids early age, starting to get in debt, can't pay his bills. Like that, we know, history has told us, like, we know how this story goes. Like the history's been written. And I'm coming back through space-time. And even by the sheer <laughs> exploration of time-space, I know the truth. The history is fluid. History can change. The history isn't written. No one can see it right now. There's nobody in your life. Everybody loves you at 22, man. All your family and everything, they love you, but... They just can't see into the future. They can't see that history's gonna change. They, they wanna believe in you. They wanna support you and they, they're doing their best, but someone in this situation, they just can't see how it turns into somebody who gets their work on TV. They can't see an illustrator that's gonna work for the New York Times and the Washington Post. They can't see someone who is gonna have books published and uh, a podcast and the top arts podcast in the world on iTunes. Like they can't see it because that, that history has never just played out this way. But I can see it because I'm from the future. I can see it. History's gonna change. And the last one that I wanna share with you is as I've traveled through space-time, I've learned one 
really important thing that you've got to take throughout your journey. If you get this, you are going to be unstoppable. And here it is. Fear also marks the spot. Fear marks the spot. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. But you need to embrace it. You know, a lesson my dad taught me early on, probably about when I was 22, and it was probably one of the reasons why I kept going. That future version of me, my dad, (laughs) said to me, life is hard, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Hard and bad are not the same thing. We use hard and bad interchangeably all the time, but hard, scary, tough, all those things, they're not bad things. Don't run from them. In fact, most, a lot of philosophers, a lot of wise people before us would say that marks the spot. Fear marks the spot. Joseph Campbell said it when he said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Stephen Pressfield, the author of The War of Art, calls it the resistance. He says, when there's something that matters that you do in your life, you are going to feel a resistance, a counter force. And that force just says, this is something you care about. Take it seriously. When you feel that thing pushing back on something you want to do, on the work that you want to be doing, on the path you want to explore, when you feel the pushback, when you see the hardness, when you see that cave that you're afraid of, you know that marks the spot. When you feel the resistance, instead of running the other way, press into it. I want to talk to you, Andy, at 22. Because guess what, man? In 2010, you're going to want to start a podcast, but you're going to let that resistance stop you for four years. You're not going to start it till 2014. If you start it in 2010, I'm going to have that big truck. I'm going to be the Mark Marin of creative careers because you're going to start that podcast right when WTF has started. But you allow stupid fears, stupid obstacles to stop you from doing your thing. Stupid things like, I don't know what microphone to use. Or this thing seems like, you know, sharing my heart and creative career advice. Those things don't go together. Parallel lines mark the spot. Fear marks the spot. Start the podcast. Figuring out how to host your podcast is going to take you 15 minutes. And if you really get stuck, you can call up your buddy John, who know, who's hosted a million, po- uh, a million websites. It's going to take you literally a day to get over those obstacles that you're afraid of. When you feel that resistance, press in. You could be driving that sweet truck by now if you would have started this thing four years earlier. And guess what? I just dyed my hair. I know it's weird. It looks strange. I'm loving it, having a good time. I'm a strange guy. I like to look strange. It makes me feel more honest. Sometimes when I look too normal walking around, I feel like I'm being dishonest. I'm like, "Ah, I know I look normal, but then I open my mouth and I'm like, whoa, this guy's not normal. And it was like false advertising. So I dyed my hair. You know why? Because four years ago at a conference, I told my buddy, you know what? I think I want to dye my hair like white. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, all right, better not. That sounds pretty weird. But guess what? I'm sick of running from the resistance. I'm sick of it taking me four years to break through the resistance. And I was getting my hair dyed and I'm sat there worried like, 
man, I'm going to have to, people are going to look at me and they're going to make a comment on it. Scared of a comment. That's, that's how much, that's how little resistance can stop me from doing stuff that I want to be doing. But from now on, I want to see fear marks the spot. So here's what I want to do real quick. I just want to give you some space. I want to stop for a minute and ask you right here, right now, what makes you afraid? What are you afraid of that you really want? Not just what you're afraid of. You might be afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of spiders and centipedes. There was a centipede in my house the other day. and I can't even talk about it. But centipedes don't mark the spot. What's something you're afraid of in your creative career? Maybe you've been talking about it for four years. Just, I'm going to, I'll pause. I'll wait a minute. Just think about it. Name it. Then ask yourself, what are you so afraid of? Figuring out which mic to use? Your friend's a musician. He can tell you what mic, mic to use. You don't know where to host it? Do you, how many friends do you know? If you don't know anybody, who could you ask? Here's what I want you to do after this episode or right now. Name it. Name what makes you afraid of it. See how tiny these fears are? If you can't just get over the obstacles in one day, ask your friends who can help you. If you don't know anybody that can help you, put an open call on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram saying, hey, I want to do this thing, but there's this obstacle. I don't know how to get around it. You will be blown away by how many friends of friends you have and how, many, how much those weak ties are going to come in handy. And then act. Take the first step today. Book the hair appointment and dye that beautiful hair. And while you're there, you might even want to throw some green or purple in it. I got some green in my hair. I'm look, I might get some purple in next. But first, I'm going to put some orange and red in it because I'm going to be Calcifer from Howl's Moving Castle, the Miyazaki movie for Halloween this year. <laughs> but I got to tell you one other warning. And it goes hand in hand with fear marks the spot. One of the reasons, this is, a, this is a top secret of the universe. One of the reasons that fear marks the spot is because I'm your helper from the future. But that makes me realize that time travel is possible. And if your mentors and helpers and future yous can come back and encourage you, your enemies can do the exact opposite. And there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of your enemies coming back to the past, trying to stop you from doing the stuff you need to do to get where you need to go to crush their evil plans. And so you got to look out as many future yous out here trying to help you that there are, there are tons doing the opposite. You know, I had people, even people that were my heroes, people that I looked up to gave me discouraging advice at times that if I would have listened to it, I never would have got where I am right now. And so you're going to have Mr. Strickland from Back to the Future, the principal. He was your dad's principal too. He's an old guy. He's going to stop you in the hallway. Marty McFly He's going to say, you're a real slacker. You got a real attitude, McFly. You're a slacker. You remind me of your father. He was a slacker too. He said, I noticed your band is on the roster for the dance auditions after school today. Why even bother, McFly? You don't have a chance. Why even do that personal project, McFly? 
Why even get up early in the morning and, and hustle your way making some stuff? Why even keep trying? Why emailing? Why, why, why are you doing it? Why even go to that waste money on that conference? Waste money on that course? Why even go to school? Why even make stuff at all? You're just like your dad. The history has been written. You don't have a chance. You're too much like your old man. You're too far in debt. You're too old to start now. You took the wrong path. You'll never kick that habit. You've made too many dumb mistakes. You can't turn it around now. The past is always going to haunt you. It's, it's too late. You missed the, miss the boat. You're never going to amount to anything. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of time. And I want you to look at Mr. Strickland. And I want you to know full well in your heart and mind that time travel is possible. It's only a construct in your mind. And therefore, I want you to say it along with Marty McFly. History's going to change. Thanks for listening. If you love Creative Pep Talk and it's had an impact on your creative career, there are a few ways you can support the show. You can review the show on iTunes and back the or you can well, I'm getting ahead of myself. You can go review the show on iTunes. That helps us like mad. You can back the podcast financially and become a patron uh, on patreon.com slash creative pep talk. I'm gonna try to get back into giving uh, short behind the scenes kind of episodes for the $2 backers now that we've finished up the Kickstarter. So you can find a backlist of those if you become a $2 backer on there. And also, we're going to have some new stuff for Patreon backers coming in the new year that's going to be pretty special. You can get some Creative Pep Talk merch at creativepeptalk.etsy.com. You can also have access to the first 100 episodes and stay up to date with new episodes by signing up to the newsletter at creativepeptalk.com. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thank you for all the editing and the soundtrack. Alex Sugg, you're the man. Thanks to all you guys for listening. Until we speak again, stay pepped up.